0: Here's to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not. Cause the dreams bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Episode <laughs> 6.1. 1965. 274 pounds. So, we're out of school and it's summer. I'm in the second grade going into third grade, and we need a babysitter. My stepfather, Russ, and mother worked for a chain of six snack shops. Um, he was the original, our regional manager. He was in charge of all six snack shops. Uh, you know, greasy spoons. If a cook didn't show up, he would fill in. If a waitress didn't show up, my mother had to fill in. And, you know, and if he was working, then she would go waitress with him. So we didn't have anybody to watch us during the summer. And we were too young by then to be on our own. One of the snack shops was... Well, in located in Cicero, Illinois, and uh, you've heard me mention Cicero many times before. Cicero is where Al Capone had his headquarters, it was a rough neighborhood. Um, Cicero, we had one snack shop in Cicero, right of, around the corner from Capone's Alton Hotel, where they filmed Geraldo Rivera in the 80s opening up an empty vault in the basement of the hotel. Google it, or YouTube, one or the other. Between the Alton and my parents' snack shop, the police allowed the prostitutes back then to congregate and pick up their johns from there the reason being is that they knew where all the prostitutes were and if they ever had to make a sweep to pick them all up they knew where they could pick them up if it was that time of the month and they were low on quota you know how it works And don't let them fool you. That's how it works. So my parents let them come in when it was cold and, you know, to kill time until they had to get back out there and get some coffee in them so that they can make it through the rest of the night. My parents knew most of them by name. And my parents had an idea to ask one of these girls to babysit for us. They found this girl named Cindy and told her that it would get her off the streets for a while. And she said, please, I'll do it. And it was summer out, you know. She probably, let's say, 18 years old to 20 years old, somewhere in there. At that time, we didn't care about how old somebody was. They looked like an adult to us. They introduced us to Cindy, and of course, we said, sure, because it wasn't our mother and stepfather, and we could get away with a lot more murder as soon as they left her with us. Something else happened, though. We created a weird bond with Cindy. She would, as soon as my parents would leave, she'd have Gigi go run her a bath and told her how hot to make it and everything. And then when she was done, she'd let Gigi and I dry her off and powder her puff. After that first bath, we were on our best (laughs) behavior. Trust me. Nothing like a grown woman getting you to do whatever they want. We wanted her to come back and babysit every single day. And we would when she would come back day after day, we would bathe her with our washcloths and talk to her about what she did that day, and we'd tie her, towel her off and powder her puff. And I get, I'm going to bet right here and now she was probably <laughs> the cleanest prostitute in Cicero. We left no crack unchecked, trust me. Remember, I'm going into third grade and Gigi's going into second grade. Now, remember also, I'm the oldest. I'm going into third. And so back then, Trini Lopez was the big star of the day. He sang La Bamba, and we look it up on the Google. You'll see his hits anyways. He was a Puerto Rican singer, I guess, or something like that, and we had his album in our front room, and um, I don't know how it snuck past my stepfather, but it was there, and we'd play it over and over, and dance and dance and dance until we got tired and then go to bed. Every night was an adventure. We would ask her questions, and she would answer us honestly on, about sex. There was no Internet. We just had Cindy. I was still walking around in the fog, from what happened to me when I was younger. But nobody knew or cared because nobody cared. However, this one time she came and took her bath as soon as the parents left, as usual. And of course, we were ready to perform our duties, towel her off, towel her dry, and powder her buff puff and that's what we called it. Once we went to towel her off though, she told us in a serious tone you can't towel me off down there or powder my puff today because I have a problem. We ask can we help you with your problem? What is the problem? She said, I have to put this medicine on my puff to take care of it. We told her, we can help. Just tell us what to do. She then took a kitchen table chair and dragged it across the kitchen put it up against the cabinets, and used it as a ladder. She got up on the kitchen counter and squatted so we had a perfect bird's-eye view of her puff. Remember, we were small then. We barely made it. We were level with the cabinet, too. And her puff was right there. And she showed us. What are those? She said, those are crabs. What? She said, yeah, crabs. You could actually see them walking around in their hair. And we got closer and closer. And, I mean, they could have jumped out on our nose We couldn't believe what we were looking at. It took like a week to get rid of them. And, you know, we would apply the uh, ointment and then wash our hands real good. And Gigi and I felt like doctors. It was fun. It was cool. We were pretty proud of ourselves. We helped our babysitter get all better. We couldn't wait till Cindy came over. And we would always give good reports, obviously, to our mother and stepfather, how wonderful of a babysitter she is. She could have been right up there with Mary Poppins, you know, as far as we were concerned. Just a different kind of Mary, you know. I never understood how my parents didn't catch on. But you have to understand They were so busy working. As long as we gave good reports, that's all they cared. They wanted everything to work. They wanted it to. One time there was a traveling fish pond. Do you know what that is? No. I'm glad you asked. What is it? Yes. And uh, it's an above-ground swimming pool they would put up and they would stock it with fish, rainbow trout. And then for $2 each, they would give us a pole, line, hook, and a worm, you know, all the worms we needed. And But the only thing was a limit of three fish each. I begged, Cindy, please, please, please. I've only gone fishing once in my life and it didn't turn out well. Go and find the episode, Gone Fishing. You'll see. Anyways, please, 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 Cindy, please. I gave her my fake cry. I've only been, I told you that, we didn't have any money to go fishing. She took us. Anyways, she took us just to look. Well, that's worse. You know, you see, I mean, the place was stocked with fish and there was hundreds of fish and it smelled like fish when I was hanging my little head over to see all the fish. Hundreds of them. And I still remember that smell to this day. I was watching all the other kids with their fathers teaching their sons how to fish and all I could do was watch. Cindy saw me getting sadder and sad, sadder and came up to me and Gigi and said, Will you guys be okay here a couple minutes by yourselves? Sure, we're going to watch the fish. I have to talk to the owner. Do you promise you'll stay right here? Yes, ma'am. But after that, can we go home? I just don't want to watch the fish no more. She knew what I was saying. It was breaking my heart. Kind of like when I found out that um, that girl that sang on White Christmas, Rosemary Clooney, I thought she was the most beautiful woman in the whole, whole world. But she was way too old for me. But I, I almost cried when I found out she was married. I was sad. And I didn't want to watch that every year anymore because it hurt my heart to watch her be with Bing Crosby, and it killed me to watch her with another man i was in love (laughs) is that cute anyways cindy went over and talked to the owner and then i lost sight of him i went back to hanging my head over and looking at the fish cindy came back from talking to the owner and she had two poles for us My sister and I were able to fish for free all afternoon, for free. We even brought the fish home that we caught. We only caught two, one each. And they died in the bucket eventually because we didn't know what to do with them. And from there, and nobody was going to, you think my stepdad was going to clean them and Help us? No way. So they were out in the backyard, hidden, dead. Anyways, I loved my babysitter almost as much as Rosemary Clooney. Looking back at all these events, my stepfather was quite the pervert. You know, when they would leave us alone, of course, we're curious kids. We're going to go through all their drawers and look at this and look at that. Well, he had these playing cards with different sexual fornication positions. Like the 10 would be a missionary position. The queen would be a different position than a king and so on and so on. You get the idea. You don't need a picture painting. One time when she came to babysit and we were doing our bathing routine, then we started playing little games like hide and seek and I was hiding in my parents' room. When it was over, she didn't find me. I brought out the deck of cards that I had found in my stepfather's dresser drawer. I asked, what is this? She said, that's sex. That's what I've been telling you about. She says, do you want to do sex? I said, I guess so. She said, pick a card. I'm in third grade almost now. Are you kidding me? I knew nothing about positions. Believe me, kids nowadays would laugh at this if they heard this. Oh, this is a lie. All he had to do was look on the internet. No, it was 1960-something. You know, we didn't have nothing. We were innocent still. Now, you have to remember, she's a little heavyset. She's a thick girl, but everything is in the right place. And I'm just a little guy. You know, I'm seven or eight years old now. And she's asking me to come in the room. She's naked on my mother and stepfather's bed. And she's beckoning me in now. I was scared. I was terrified. Me and my big mouth. I don't know what's going to happen. They're so I asked, would it be okay if I leave my clothes on? She said, everything but your pants, you can leave your underwear on. I said, okay, would it be okay if I put a handkerchief over my eyes? I don't want to see nothing. She said, whatever you want. Now get over here. I mean, <laughs> really? Really? If I'm saying all this, don't you get the message? Be careful what you ask for. So I went over and climbed up Mount Everest and nothing. But I think I tried. And at this point, she started giggling and said, okay, go in the other room and help your sisters. And that was my first encounter with a woman. She would walk around naked all the time once the parents left. And sometimes even with a T-shirt. And her breasts were kind of large. And it was nice for me I don't know what it did to my sisters, but I became accustomed. Isn't that how it's supposed to be? You know, I didn't know any better. And they never came back until it was so late out that we had the run of the house the whole day and evening. And when they would get home, we'd be sound asleep. Cindy was there for the food and the um, TV and a place to stay. And we were there to play with her and explore her. And you want to think what that means. Whatever you think that means, that's what it meant to us. This is how we thought life was, to have a babysitter. We didn't know any better. She was our play toy and that's what happened almost for two summers and but then Cindy one day had a great idea and put it on the sh- to put on a show for our parents when they got home we will put on a show and sing my boy lollipop We made diapers out of pillowcases and Cindy used a bed sheet for her diaper and nothing on top. So we looked like babies and she did it without a bra on. See, we got complacent. We thought it was normal. We didn't know. If you think back on it now, she was probably a double D And as soon as our parents came home, we sat them on the couch and we were in our robes. We got all excited. We're going to put a show on for you. Please sit here on the couch. This is going to be so cool. Gigi turned on the record player and ran down the hall where we were all taking our robes off and ready to do our skit that we had rehearsed all day. She had my mother's robot, she was said presenting my boy Lollipop. So we all came out in nothing but our diapers and belted out the song with the um, record player and dancing a routine we had been practicing all day. They were so appalled by what they saw Of her being naked in front of us? Children? Not knowing that the other stuff, as soon as they took her home, we never saw Cindy again. Moral of the story? Never get complacent of your surroundings. Ever. Please, be quiet. I'm trying to do a podcast down here.